0: stocks are up in the US largely driven by strong earnings and central banks seem to be sending signals that the recovery is going well and so maybe they'll move faster. The RBA didn't reverse its decision to start tapering bond purchases in September. Despite the lockdown, the RBNZ have almost committed to a rate rise next month but there are concerns. Oil is down in part because demand from China is falling. Massive flight cancellations as the Delta virus hits many cities there. Now that's something to keep an eye on. It's Wednesday, the 4th of August 2021, it's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, stocks have regained a little confidence in the United States. The Dow and the S&P 500 both up three quarters of 1%. The Nasdaq just 0.4% up. In Europe, uh, not much in the Euro stocks 50, but the FTSE 100 is up a third of 1%. The CAC are up three quarters of 1%. And the US dollar, it's been down and up a little, which brings it back to more or less where it was yesterday, whereas the Aussie dollar one of the best performers up almost half a percent just uh just shy of 74 us cents now uh the pound a quarter percent up the japanese yen up about the same and the euro is down a touch the canadian dollar down a quarter percent so not much bond movement and oil down further although not as much as yesterday but wti is down 0.9 percent it dipped below 70 dollars a barrel earlier in fact it got down to 69.25 so let's talk about all of this with tapas strickland from NAB in sydney Um, Look, Tapas, in that battle between earnings results in the US and COVID... Uh, it looks like earnings might have just won the day. Plus, of course, we had factory orders overnight from the US, which are a little stronger as well. But uh, yeah, if we look at the uh, the earnings results, uh, they have been stellar, haven't they, so far?
1: Good morning, Phil. Yes, uh, still very, very strong earnings prints coming through the US reporting season. And um, as of late Friday, I think 88% of all S&P 500 companies had reported, uh, had reported positive earnings surprises. And that's the highest percentage uh, since 2008. Um, so very very, very strong in terms of um, earnings. And I think in terms of the Delta variant outbreak in the US, uh, markets at least are still looking at that relatively high vaccination rate. I think the US CDC reported that uh, 70% of adult Americans have received at least one dose and uh, 60% are fully vaccinated now. And it does mm. seem like uh, the US authorities won't necessarily bring down lockdown restrictions, but will instead create more incentives for people to get vaccinated to boost up that vaccination rate further. And um, the U.S. press reporting that New York City is going to be requiring people to show proof of vaccination for indoor activities, and that may be the way that the U.S., um, kind of fights the spread of the Delta variant just by encouraging yeah. more people to get vaccinated rather than tightening up uh, on restrictions.
0: Yeah, well, you wonder about that decision in New York, don't you? Because, I mean, saying that you've got to have a vaccine passport, I mean, that could hit businesses in the short term, I guess. But if it gets people to take the uh, the vaccine,
1: then that's a good thing. Yeah, so well, you'd have to say it's a good thing if it lifts up those vaccination rates and also if it allows the US to continue along its reopening uh, rather than having to go backwards and uh, resorting to tighter uh, virus restrictions, and just worth noting, the recovery that we're seeing in the US is being seen in the in the profit reporting season. So Simon Property Group, um, it noted that its sales had bounced back to pre-pandemic levels, uh, and were up eighty percent on a year ago. And uh, Simon Property is one of the um, large mall owners in the US.
0: Well, while we're talking about the virus, what about China then? Because they are seeing more outbreaks there. They've only got eighty-four new cases in Wuhan, but they're going to they're going to test. All 11 million residents to uh, try and knock the thing on the head. But the uh, the Delta variant is now in 20 cities in China, many of them in lockdown. So, I mean, obviously, that could further hit uh, demand and supply from China. So uh, that, that, that be, that's a bit of a concern. Actually, I looked at flightaware.com, which shows you how many flight cancellations there are in and out of the U.S. by airline. There's, uh, and this is unusual. 35% of China flights have been cancelled today. 30% of China Eastern – this is yesterday, sorry – 28% of Shenzhen Airline flights were cancelled. 27% of all flights out of Beijing to the US. So there's uh, – and this, you know, a few days ago, you weren't seeing any numbers like that. So there's a clear impact happening
1: here. The Delta variant outbreak in China is uh – is concerning, and uh, just reiterating those uh, flight data. Um, the reason why that's occurring is that 31 provincial level level regions across China on Monday warned residents against unnecessary travel, um, and so that's obviously to yeah. stamp the uh, outbreak of the Delta variant. And it is very concerning, and all, all we can really do is just watch uh, exactly what and how that unfolds Um, there has been some evidence uh, both amongst the chinese uh, data and uh, data overseas that the vaccines that the chinese are using may be less effective against the delta variant Uh, and so the chinese government may have to resort to these kind of lockdown restrictions in order to control Mm. the outbreaks until they lift up those vaccination rates and that's going to make the
0: supply chain issues that we've been seeing much worse isn't it? it
1: it it potentially is um and uh, it's, it's still unclear exactly whether a widespread Delta outbreak can be controlled uh, by harsh l- lockdowns, um, definitely mm. with the Wuhan and price strains uh, that it, it has been. Um, but I guess it still remains to be seen. And just reflecting on Sydney's protracted l- lockdown where lockdown restrictions are in place, and yet uh, there's still uh, hefty daily virus cases.
0: Yeah, that's protracted with three O's in it, isn't it? The protracted uh, uh, lockdown that we're going through in Sydney. Look, another story from China, which is which has had a, a bit of an impact on gaming stocks. Anyway, so Ten Cent uh, lost a, a great deal because Chinese state media has de- uh, says that authorities are basically describing gaming as a, a spiritual opium. Uh, So uh, Tencent is now imposing a ban on kids' gaming on their platform. This is all happening just before Activision Blizzard, which is one of the biggest gaming uh, providers, announces its earnings in the United States uh, later on today. Uh, This is a very timely reminder, isn't it, that Chinese policy can have an influence on anyone who's doing any dealing there or investing there because there's a big fall in all gaming stocks overnight.
1: Uh, Yes, over the past uh, week, you've seen uh, Chinese Earth... Authorities clamped down on a number of different companies, both Chinese companies listed in the U.S. and companies listed in China as well, and really focused on the tech sector and the education sector. And the developments in the past couple of days suggest that spilling over into the gaming sector as well.
0: Now, a tale of two central banks: the RBA and the RBNZ. Let's start with the RBA first of all. I did ask the question uh, yesterday: what if they if they keep the taper? Uh, and they are, despite the lockdowns. That's, uh, well, it's helped the Aussie dollar today anyway, hasn't it? It's given it a bit of a bounce back.
1: Uh, Yes, that's right. So the Aussie's up around uh, 0.4%, currently trading around, uh, that's 73.96. Just worth noting, though, the Aussie didn't really build on its gains after the RBA there. So I think think that's probably telling the broad story that um, while the decision not to reverse the taper uh, did surprise markets, uh, there wasn't too much more uh, in the... uh, post-meeting statement that was surprising. Um, for our view, uh, we thought uh, two interesting things were that, uh, one, the RBA had lifted its uh, 2022 growth forecast, uh, suggesting a pretty hefty rebound uh, from the Q3 lockdown in Sydney. Uh, and the unemployment rate forecasts were lowered and they're currently sitting at four and quarter percent by the end of 2022 and 4% by the end of uh, 2023. So you're getting towards that for Percent narrow level that the RBA has previously said, uh, where you may get a little bit of wages pressure and you may start to get inflation back uh, towards the RBA's target. And indeed, the RBA suggested that they could get core inflation at two and a quarter percent by the end of uh, 2023. So a 2024 rate hike is uh, looking um, more likely out of these forecasts, and that's what the RBA central scenario is. Um, but you'd have to say with uh, the RBA able to forecast core inflation uh, marginally within the target at the end of 2023, if you've got a run of further upward surprises, then that could drag a rate hike into 2023.
0: Yeah, yeah. So why this up in the forecast? Is this because, uh, rather ironically, because we're pushing ahead faster with vaccines now? Is that why, you know, we... I mean, I, I noticed they say that their forecast is dependent on getting a significant share of the population. Vaccinated by the end of the year. Well, that that is looking more and more likely now.
1: It does indeed. Uh, And on NAB's calculations on uh, projected vaccine supply, we could get to those seventy and eighty percent vaccine thresholds needed to start to transition from aggressive suppression of the virus more towards living with the virus uh, by the end of November. And it looks like the RBA is uh, taking those assumptions as well. I think what really has uh, led the RBA to become a little bit more optimistic on the recovery is just where the unemployment rate is at the moment. Uh, Just prior to the Sydney lockdown, the unemployment rate in Australia was at 4.9%, and that is its lowest level since December 2010. Um, So the momentum in the economy just prior to the recent virus outbreaks was very strong, and the RBA thinks we'll be able to bounce out of these lockdowns and go back to that very strong momentum.
0: Right, I did say it's a tale of two central banks. The other one is the RBNZ, just across the water there, uh, where, of course, they're trying to fight house prices amongst everything else. And they may be looking at an August rate hike. In fact, investors, I think, are now pricing a 90% chance of that. Well, sort of Governor Orr gave it away, didn't he? Because he he said they need to return interest rates to more normal levels, and the next opportunity to do that is the next meeting on the 18th of August. Yes,
1: Governor Orr... um, pretty much foreshadowed uh, that the RVNZ will be moving in in August. And he also said in regards to those uh, mortgage lending standards uh, that they're going to be tightening up on, that uh, both the uh, OCR and the bank's financial stability tools need to be mutually supportive. So it would be unlikely to see a tightening in one and not a tightening in the other. Um, So that gives a pretty good uh, hat tip that the RVNZ will be lifting rates uh, in August. And when you look at market pricing, uh, markets pricing, I think, uh, just over two, two more rate hikes over the remaining three meetings of but this year. But isn't it year.
0: curious, so we've got the RBA, uh, RBA sort of like upping their forecast because they think more people are going to be vaccinated. That's not happening in New Zealand. 14% of the population is fully vaccinated there. I mean, things could turn bad for them if the Delta strain gets in, and yet here they are uh, with the uh, RBNZ saying, yeah, we're going to lift rates.
1: That remains one of the biggest risks uh, in, in New Zealand, and indeed in all countries that have relatively low vaccination rates. Yeah. Uh, I guess for the RBNZ, they have to set policy uh, for how the economy is going at the moment and where it's projected to be. And they can always react, were there to be a widespread Delta outbreak in New Zealand uh, but at the moment it's not there and the Albion at least is giving some pretty strong hints there that they are thinking of lifting rates at the August meeting
0: Right well they've got their employment numbers out haven't they later on today for Q2 including average hourly earnings so that'll be uh, some stuff to substantiate the decision for that uh, uh, for that next meeting Uh, So uh, Aussie retail sales are out this morning for Q2. They are expected to pick up. I just wonder how useful those numbers are, uh, given that Q3 won't be looking quite so hot.
1: Uh, Not that useful, you'd you'd have to say. Uh, And we uh, already know Q3 GDP is going to be uh, firmly in the red due to Sydney's protracted lockdown and snap lockdowns elsewhere
0: and oil uh, so we, we talked about the, the the fall in oil price I mean I guess that is just it's, it's curious isn't it because oil is clearly falling because there's concerns about demand with uh, uh, with all these outbreaks like all those flights out of China that I was mentioning earlier uh, and yet on the other side you know we've got a, a slightly more uh, bullish uh, slant being taken by central banks as so though so the recovery is well on the way oil is going in the other in the opposite direction
1: uh, yes and I think uh, oil will be tracking very closely what's going on in China just given um how much China makes up of global oil demand. And uh, it'll be very sensitive to those uh, developments there. Um, Also, we'll be looking quite closely at the Kaizen Services PMI, which comes out today and that may give a little bit more of a hint in regards to the uh, pace of growth yeah. occurring in the Chinese economy.
0: All right and Richard Clarida is talking uh, overnight tonight outlooks outcomes and prospects for U.S. monetary policy so maybe he'll give a hint of uh, of tapering in that it does seem like there are more Fed members that are getting a bit impatient we had Bullard again saying he wanted it all to happen sooner he said the the, the Fed should take smaller steps to avoid a scramble if. If high inflation persists, uh, he's uh, he's on the same bandwagon. Uh, so, uh, yeah, Richard i will be interested to see what he's got to
1: say. I will indeed. And uh, I think our Fed officials are a little bit split between whether to make a tapering announcement as soon as the September meeting or whether to wait until more progress is made in terms of payrolls and uh, uh, wait until the December meeting. But I think it's quite clear that the Fed is intending on tapering asset purchases or at least making that announcement of of tapering at an upcoming meeting and it's just more about the timing there and helping guide that timing will be how strong payrolls will be on Friday so I think markets are going to be very sensitive to to payrolls and part of the reason why market moves overall have been relatively subdued um, today is um, markets are really treading water ahead of that payrolls uh, print on Friday.
0: Well we get the ADP employment numbers before they earn we will get them later on today plus the ISM services index as well but uh, we'll leave it for now. Good to talk to to catch you again very soon uh, cheers uh, thanks phil things are very choppy aren't they doesn't that feel like the exact opposite of what we were talking about yesterday maybe tomorrow it'll be the opposite again we'll find out tomorrow morning i'm phil dobby for nab see you then have a great day